You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Well, good morning, West Side Church. Uh, you know, we're super grateful for you to join us today. Uh, my name is Justin Shump. I help serve in the campus ministry here in the West Side, uh, primarily focusing at UCLA and Santa Monica College. Uh, we're coming live from Turnwall's Garage. Really grateful for him uh, allowing us to film here. Uh, you know, we're super grateful for technology. We're grateful to be able to connect over the Internet. I know we're making the best of this kind of worldwide crisis that we're in. You know, it's awesome being able to partner with the Inland Empire Church and also the Lebanon Church for this service. We're so grateful for the bonds that we have uh, through the Lounsberries and just so many other couples here. Uh, so really grateful for you uh, for you to join us today. You know, we've been preaching through the book of Exodus. Um, Ken did a great lesson last week just talking about the tabernacle and, and, and what that really meant. And so we're going to continue with our sermon series on Exodus. You know, during times like this, uh, it's essential to really let the word of God speak. Uh, we hear so many people speak. We hear so many voices from the news and, and social media. And, you know, I think it's really essential during these times to just let the Bible speak for us. So we're going to be reading a lot of scripture today, and that's on purpose. Uh, the purpose is to really let God's word speak, to let God tell the story today. So the main text that we're going to be reading from is Exodus chapter 32. So if you can go ahead and, and turn there right now, uh, you know, many of you have probably know this story. It's one of the more interesting stories in the book of Exodus, but it's the story of the Israelites and the golden calf. Uh, again, a lot of you probably have read this story before, and, and hopefully you can take something new from it. So we're going to be focusing on, on the Israelites uh, and the golden calf and the story of, of Moses and Aaron. And so the title for my sermon today is Decaffeinated. Um, not sure if any of you guys thought that was funny. There's no audience here. Uh, so hopefully you guys, you guys like the pun there. Um, so like I said, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 32 um, and verse 1. The Bible reads, When the people saw that Moses was so long and coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered him, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol, cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down because your people whom you brought out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bound down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, Israel, whom brought you out of Egypt. I've seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. 
Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out, to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of this earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servant Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore your own self. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give you descendants of all the land that I promised to them. And it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Moses turned and went down to the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant of the law in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tablets were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, Here is the sound of war in the camp. Moses replied, It is not the sound of victory. It is not the sound of defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. When Moses approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hands breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf the people had made and burned it in the fire. Then he ground it to powder, scattered it on the water, and made the Israelites drink it. So it's a pretty intense story. You know, a few chapters before this, the entire Israelite community had accepted the Ten Commandments and had made a covenant with God. So Abraham goes back up onto the mountain to have this conversation with God. And while Abraham is up there, things run amok. The Israelites come to Aaron and they ask for them to make gods to go before them. And Aaron collects all of this gold from the Israelite community and he makes this golden calf. So we have to ask ourselves, what was so bad about this calf that they made? Why was God burning with anger. I mean, to the point that he wanted to utterly just destroy the Israelites and start over. You know, why was Moses so angry that he took the tablets and smashed them to pieces? You know, it can seem like the Israelites were just trying to worship God. They were just maybe doing it the wrong way. Why was God so angry? To answer this question and to understand the context, we've got to look back a little bit. So go ahead and and, and turn your Bibles a few pages back uh, to Exodus chapter 20. Uh, This is what Todd read two weeks ago, talking about the Ten Commandments. So Exodus chapter 20 in verse 2. This is God reading the Ten Commandments. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Commandment number one. And then commandment number two. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. 
For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You know, God lays out the first two commandments to the Israelite community. He says, commandment number one, don't have any gods other than me. Commandment number two, he says, don't bow down to a man-made image. You know, in modern culture, we tend to kind of skip over the first four commandments because they're usually not as relevant to us. We kind of focus more on the last six. You know, we think of, if we were to say, what are the worst sins right now in America or, or in the world? We think of things like murder. We think of things like adultery. We think of things like stealing. And although, yes, these sins are, are, are horrific and the consequences that come from them are absolutely terrible. What's interesting is that in the Old Testament, those type of sins actually didn't receive as bad punishment as breaking one of the first four. You know, usually it was one of these first four punishments uh, or first four commandments that received the most severe punishment. Stuff like the Israelites being sent into exile for 490 years because they follow other gods and they did not keep the Sabbath. You know, those first four commandments were extremely important to the Israelites. And it's easy for us to not really understand that importance. You know, in fact, God makes a point to repeat himself right after giving the Ten Commandments. This is still in in Exodus chapter 20, but in verse 22. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites this, You have seen for yourselves that I have spoken to you from heaven. Do not make any gods to be alongside me. Do not make for yourselves gods of silver or gods of gold. Verse 24, make an altar of earth for me and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, your sheep and goats and your cattle. Wherever I cause my name to be honored, I will come to you and bless you. If you make an altar of stones for me, do not build it with dress stones, for you will defile it if you use a tool on it. You know, God tells them very explicitly what not to do. He says, do not make any other gods, especially those of gold or silver. He says, do not use dressed stones and please do not use a tool when you're making an altar. You know, God is extremely straightforward in his direction to his people. He makes it crystal clear. And the Israelites agreed to this. It wasn't just that God laid these out and they didn't agree to it. They made a covenant. Turn over to Exodus chapter 24. Right there, just the next page. Exodus chapter 24, verse 3. This is after God has laid out all of his new laws. It says, When Moses went up and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice. Everything the Lord has said we will do. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. 
you know, God made it very clear that this was a covenant relationship he was going to enter into with the Israelites by giving the Ten Commandments, by laying down his laws. And with one voice, the Israelite community said, we agree. We understand. We will remember. We will follow. He says, don't make other gods. He says, don't make a god out of gold. He says, don't fasten it with a tool. And what do they do? They make a god of gold, and Aaron fastens it with a tool. You know, there's a lot that we can kind of unpack from from this story. It's a really rich story. There's a lot going on. But for the sake of time, we'll just kind of hone in on one important point. So I've only got one point for you guys today. And that point is handle with care. We've got to learn to handle with care what God has given us. You know, there's a few things that are kind of odd about this story that kind of stand out. A few questions that come up. You know, the first one that I always ask is, is where did the Israelites get all of this gold from? You know, they were slaves in Egypt before God rescued them. When you think of slaves, you don't think of slaves walking around with with nice gold earrings and, and gold necklaces and being adorned in nice clothes. They didn't have any wealth. They didn't have an abundance of possessions. So where did the Israelites get all of this gold? Turn back to Exodus chapter 12. We read this passage um, about a month ago uh, when Steve did the lesson, back when we were still meeting all together and, and not social distancing. Um, and this is uh, right after God has sent the ten plagues on the Egyptian people. This is right before the Exodus. This is Exodus chapter 12, verse 31. It says, During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people. You and the Israelites, go and worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and your herds as you you have said and go. And also, bless me. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country. For otherwise, they said, we will all die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders in kneading troughs wrapped in clothing. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. The Lord made the Egyptians favorably disposed to the people and they gave them what they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. God had sent 10 massive plagues on the Egyptian people. And Moses knew that the Egyptians would do anything at this point to get rid of the Israelites. So he tells them, ask for gold on your way out. Plunder the Egyptian people as we leave. You know, they had seen God's power and the Egyptian people were terrified. They would have given them anything to leave. So the Israelites walk out of Egypt with riches. But what do they do with these riches? They use them to make a calf. They take their blessing and turn it into an idol. And you know the saddest part of this story? Even sadder 
than them breaking the covenant they had made. It's that God already had an amazing plan for them to use this gold for good. This is what Ken preached about last week. God had a plan for the Israelites to build a tabernacle. Look over in Exodus chapter 25. In verse 1. This is what we read last week. The Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. These are the offerings you are to receive from them. Gold, silver, and bronze. Blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and fine linen. Then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly like the pattern I show you. You know, God tells Moses, go and and, and take a free will offering. Whatever gold, whatever silver, whatever fine linens that the Israelite people would like to donate. The exact things that they plundered from the Egyptians. He said, have them donate it and build me a house. Build me a tabernacle where I will dwell because I want to be close to you. I want to dwell with you. He continues on with with some very specific instructions. Exodus 25, verse 10. Have them make an ark of akasha wood, two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit and a half high. Overlay it with pure gold, both inside and out, and make a gold mounting around it. Cast four gold rings for it and fasten them to its four feet with the two rings on one side and the two rings on the other. Then make poles of akasha wood and overlay them with gold. Verse 17, make an atonement cover of pure gold and a cubit and a half long and a cubit and a half wide. And make two cherubim out of hammered gold at the ends of the cover. It continues on, verse 31, make a lampstand out of pure gold. Verse 37, then make it seven lamps and set them up so they may light the space in front of it. Its wick trimmers and trays are to be of pure gold. A talent of pure gold is to be used for the lampstand and all these accessories. You know, between Exodus 25 and Exodus 31, God mentions using gold 47 times. You know, gold was going to be the primary element of God's tabernacle. And this is where God himself was going to dwell. The tabernacle was going to be used as a place to make sacrifices, a place for the priests to perform their duties. This was their place of worship. This was their church. But why did God want them, the Israelites, to have to build this tabernacle? Because he definitely could have just done it himself. I mean, he sent manna from the heavens. He sent quail falling down from the sky. He was leading them by a pillar of fire. He was talking directly 
to Moses, he himself inscribed the Ten Commandments on the tablets. He didn't need them to build this tabernacle for him. But he wanted them to be a part of it. You see, he wanted to teach the Israelites a very valuable lesson. He wanted to teach them to learn how to use their blessings to build something. To build a tabernacle. To build a place where they could be close to God. A place where they could sacrifice for their sins. A place that would build community. A place to worship God. And what's crazy is this is exactly what the people wanted. It's why they built this calf in the first place. They wanted to worship something close to them. They wanted to feel connected to a spiritual being. They were starving for this connection. And God was going to give them exactly what they were asking for. He gives them gold. He blesses them immensely. And he tells them to use that blessing to build a house of worship. And what do they do instead? They take that gold and they mold a calf. They take their blessing and they turn it into an idol. You know, we have to remember what we've learned so far going through the book of Exodus is is the story of the Israelites is also the story of us. You know, God has saved every one of us from our sin. And after he saved us, he has blessed us immensely. I mean, just, just think about all the ways God has blessed your life since you were saved, since you came into this church community. All the relationships he has given you, all the opportunities you were presented with, all of the sin that you were forgiven of. The fact that you now have the opportunity to model your character after God, which inherently automatically makes you a better friend, a better spouse, a better employee, a better teammate. You know, many of you probably met your best friends at church. I know I have. Many of you have probably met your boyfriend or girlfriend or fiance or significant other at church. I know I have. Many of you probably have the job that you do because someone in the church helped you get it. You know, there's multiple jobs I've had, not just the one I have right now, that I had because someone in the church introduced me to it or had some type of connection. You know, God has given all of us a long list of blessings. He gave us gold when he saved us. And so just like the Israelites, we all have a choice. Will we use our blessings to build up the church, to build the new tabernacle? Or will we turn our blessings into idols? You know, for me, naturally, this is something that, that I struggle with. I struggle with this idea of, of turning my blessings into idols. Because, you know, an idol is a physical thing. It's a tangible thing that we put in place of an invisible God. An idol is a physical thing that we put in place of an invisible God. 
And the reason why the Israelites made this golden calf is because they lost their faith. Moses had gone up on the mountain, and he stayed there longer than he had stayed before. He was gone for 40 days. And they thought Moses had abandoned them. They thought God had abandoned them. And it bothered them that they couldn't connect with an invisible God. It bothered them that they had to trust that God was still with them. So they needed to make something that they could see in order to meet that insecurity. They needed something tangible to worship. You know, I can see myself falling into that same trap all the time. Especially in times like this, when there is so much uncertainty in the world. You know, I can't remember a time where there's been this much uncertainty. Uncertainty about health. Uncertainty about relationships. Uncertainty about finances uh, on, on a small scale and just the global economy. We don't know how long the sickness is going to last. We don't know when the, the death peak is going to happen. We don't know when we can go back to a normal church setting and, and hug one another again. You know, I'm starving for some hugs. It's been a while. We don't know when this is all going to be over. The Israelites didn't know when Moses was coming back. They didn't know when God was going to do something miraculous again. So it's easy for me to kind of look around at this time and say, where is God? Is he kind of taking a vacation? Is this kind of our time to just, to just squirm around and figure things out ourselves? Or does he have a deeper plan? You know, it's times like this of uncertainty that I, I crave control. I crave it. And I crave feeling connected to something. I crave having a purpose in the midst of uncertainty. You know the easiest way to meet that need, to meet that craving, is to find something tangible that I can give my attention to. I'll just pick one of my blessings and turn it into an idol. And it'll take the place of God. And I can only imagine how sad God must feel when we do that. When we take one of the blessings that he's given us and we turn it into an idol. You know, the purpose of our blessings is not, is not to just sit on them. It's not to have a blessings bank. It's not to develop this, this massive amount of stats of blessings. The purpose of our blessings from God are to put them to work. We need to take our blessings and use them to build a house of worship. We got to take our talents, our relationships, our hobbies, our money, our houses, our cars, our phones, our times, all of our physical resources. We've got to take these blessings and use them to build the church. A place where God will dwell. A place where people will come to worship. A place where people will come to be close to God. This was God's plan for the Israelites. He blessed them and he said, handle with care. 
Take care of these blessings I've given you. Hold on to them and then put them to work. Do not make a god out of gold. Do not set up an idol or an image in front of me. Use the gold I've given you. Use the silver I've given you. Use the fine clothing from the Egyptians that I've given you and build a house of worship. Build a church. You know, God wants us to use our blessings to build his church. And that cannot stop in the midst of a crisis. And it's not just financially. Obviously, a lot of us are going to take a financial hit. And maybe we won't be able to give as much financially as we usually do. But on a long list of blessings, finances, they're on there. But there's so many other blessings that God has given us. We got to use all of our blessings to build a church. We are all in this together. You know, this was God's plan for the Israelites. And it's also his plan for us. I love you guys. I hope you stay safe and healthy. I hope you hug your families a little bit close every single day. I can't wait to be back together. I can't wait to be in the church that we've built on our blessings that God has given us. Have a great day. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.